Hi, I'm Dora from Dora Nicolau and my drink of choice is a chai. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Work-Wife Wine Time podcast. The podcast for Australian women in business who are looking for connection and the support of other women who are sharing the same business journey. So it's Makala here with you today, and I'm so excited to connect you with our guest, Kadira Muhammad from Succeeding with Systems. And Kadira calls herself a systems implementation engineer, which I absolutely love that job title, but I'm going to let her tell you exactly what that is. So Kadira, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for being here and allowing me to be on your lovely, lovely program. I'm excited to be here so much. That's awesome. Now I'm saying your name right, aren't I? Oh, of course. Yes. (laughs) Fantastic. Just thought I'd check that one. Um, so tell me, what is a systems implementation engineer? Absolutely. Yeah. First thing I want to say, it's nothing scary. Uh, it's not, it's also not <laughs> for anybody listening and they're like, oh my gosh, she's like this genius person. I like to think I'm a little bit smart, you know, but uh, a systems implementation engineer is a long title for a big nerd who likes all things organization, automation, and technology wise. That basically helps people connect the dots and makes your lives go faster. Um, and see, that makes you one of my favorite people. I love everything you just said right there. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a, I'm a big uh, fan with all the other nerds, you know, all the geeks who like the tech things that most people stay away from. That's my specialty. And that's specifically what I help people uh, install in their own businesses so they can run more efficiently. That is awesome. So tell me a bit more about like how you do that. What does that kind of look like? Why do clients come to you? Oh, absolutely. So the main reason clients come to me is they've usually reached a peak in their business where they're getting clients. That's not necessarily the issue. They're making sales. That's not necessarily the issue. The issue is they have all the hats on. They're running faster than they ever have been in their life. And they're still not able to move past certain goals that they have for themselves and their business. But yet they're spending all their time in their business. And Mm. it's this issue of I'm doing a bunch of stuff, but we're not moving forward, especially not as fast as most entrepreneurs really want to move as quickly as. Um, And what I do is I'll come in and uh, I really just kind of, I don't want to say audit because I don't want people to think of like tax audits, but (laughs) is uh, I come and assess what they're doing. I see what they're doing. I see the gaps. I see, and I write out the current process, which is something most entrepreneurs don't do. Mm. And when I write out their process, I tell them, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. We can install some tech here, or you need to hire somebody for here. And I detail it out. And then I actually help them execute on the actual assessment that I give them. Awesome. So tell me, how did you end up doing this? Like when you first started out in business, were you doing this or have you kind of found your way here? Uh, I totally found my way here. So what happened is I, um, I'll bring you back to like May, 2019. That's when yeah. I actually graduated college. 
um, all the way on the other side of the world in, in, in Ohio in the States. And I actually uh, was applying for jobs. I didn't necessarily mean to just start off as an entrepreneur, but I'm applying for jobs, trying to get used to this, you know, multiple thousand dollar degree and nobody's calling me back. And I'm like, okay, um, let me just try this kind of business thing for myself. Cause I have been reading about it. I took an entrepreneurship class. I even took courses while I was in school. Um, I paid for them out of pocket, stuff online. And I decided to just go ahead and try it for myself. Started off as a digital marketing agency, um, running Google ads for people. And, and I was pretty successful doing that. But with my clients, I realized even though I was getting them more leads and the leads were getting them more customers and clients for themselves, uh, my own clients were still working so hard in their business. And I'm really tech inclined. So I would, you know, offer them different tools I knew were helpful. I'd help integrate that for their businesses. And I'm naturally very organized thanks to my mother and father. So I just knew how to kind of clean up what they were doing basically. And uh, it just kind of took from there. I really fell in love with it. Um, and then in 2021, I was like, you know, what, let me just focus on this because I think it's a, a huge need and it's a bit of a un, you know, not really talked about subject. And I thought I could bring a lot of value to a lot of people. Uh, and so, yeah, I've been focusing strictly on this for a better half of a year. Awesome. So you said that you're organized thanks to your mother and father. What, what do they do? Like, is, were they just really super organized people about the house or do they have kind of professions that lean towards that? Yeah. Yeah. So my mother, especially, um, so for by day, my mother works in a lot of like administrative secretarial, you know, receptionist type of jobs growing up. Uh, and so the organization really comes from that because she did that for the better part of her uh, life. And that's what she does by day for a paycheck, but by night she actually learns um, Amazon AWS cloud computing stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, it's totally different things, but that's what she loves to do. She takes classes all the time on it. I think right now she's learning to be a data analyst uh, and she's learning Python, like the, the, the coding language Python, which is wow, incredible. <laughs> incredible. She always talks to me every time I go visit her. She's like, yeah, I'm wearing this. You know, I built my own desktop. I built my own software thing. And I'm like, you go, ma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and my dad, my dad by day uh, works for the paratransit for the city. But by night, he built his own computers. And um and that's not a like a, a metaphor. He literally builds his own computers by hand, by scratch, and wow. um, just things are fun. Wow, have they like ever thought you know getting it together and starting their own business? Because <laughs> that's brilliant. I I know, and I wish I could convince them. But my dad did um growing up, he did always have his side hustle where uh, he would fix other people's computers for them. Uh -huh. Um software and a bit of hardware and he did that for a while things kind of picked up at work so he didn't really continue it but he did do that growing up and uh i i like to think that he kind of started my little bug and went on my own business kind of do things on my own mm, that's awesome so tell me coming back to you what is one of the biggest like you were talking about how you know you see that people are doing all these things but not getting to where they want to go what do you see is one of the biggest 
problems or obstacles that um, like you see regularly with your clients when you're doing your audits? Oh, absolutely. So the biggest thing is clients not really trusting that somebody else can do what they do. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, it, it, it's the all the hats theory. It's it's the nobody can do it better than me, even if it's on a, even if what they're doing is not even like the best it could be, but they just mm-hmm. think nobody else can do what they do. And it, and honestly, and, you know, I don't mean to call you all out, you know, so early, but it, it's a little arrogance. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a, it's a bit of arrogance mixed with fear. Mm. And, um, it's the fear of letting go because you've built this thing and most people consider it their baby and who wants to just give their baby to a stranger? Um, nobody is really inclined to do that until you really need it or until you kind of trust that, you know, whoever that other person is. But the thing is, is uh, our businesses, they're not really our babies in the same exact instance. They really aren't. They're these things that we're building and we're creating for the purpose of being shared amongst multiple people, mm. not just your clients, but also giving and creating jobs. And people are employed by businesses. You know, people work for businesses. Nobody who works a job doesn't work for a business. And so it's it's a bit selfish um, a lot of times to hold on to the to that fear. And it's the biggest thing I have to break people out of. And and I'm not just talking about everybody else. I'm talking about me too. I feel the same way sometimes. Um, oh yeah, I can totally relate to it as well. But I'm also listening to what you're saying, going, "Yep, that makes so much sense." Yeah, like like I, I can give you an example. Literally just today, I just uh, promoted one of my contractors instead of just being um, a person who she was just in charge of posting my social media. But mm-hmm. I would create the content, I did the strategies, all this, blah blah blah. Um, and she was just in charge of actually posting the stuff in the order that I had it. Well, I recently just celebrated a birthday and, um, for the past week, I haven't had a ton of content because I'm celebrating my birthday <laughs> and, yeah. um, and I'm, you know, I'm not thinking about editing anything. I'm kind of dreading it. I'm like, Oh my God, it's another thing I have to do. I finally asked her, I was like, Hey, can you help me out with this? Can we talk about this? She's like, yeah, like. You know, I can help you with a strategy. So we talked earlier today about a strategy. And while she's talking, I'm like, hold on. How much is it if you can just take over? Because you have all the ideas. I, you, you know what you're doing. She does this for a living. You know, mm-hmm. so I had, and I tell her, I said, look, I'm sorry. I didn't just outright hire you for this. And she's like, I tried to tell you. I'm like, I know you did. Don't keep telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know you're right. But I was holding on to controlling my social media, controlling the strategies, figuring out all these details when I'm actually just not that good at that. That's that's not my zone of genius. Mm. And I I realized that talking to her and I'm like, why am I holding on to this? Because I'm the reason why my stuff isn't as consistent because I got to think about all this extra stuff when I should have just hired the right person and then uh, also hired the right technology that would allow me to flourish and allow her to flourish as well. Mm. That was so powerful what you said just then that I'm the reason 
you know, I'm the reason why it's not as consistent. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of self-reflection that could go on right there. Oh, yes. And it's it's scary because it's true. Mm. <laughs> and, then, it, and then the thing is, is, the funny thing about the truth is once you know that something is the truth, you can't unknow it. Mm, that is so true. And, and now you're faced with the consequences of either applying the truth or trying to ignore it. But you, you can no longer claim ignorance at that point. If you, know, uh, if you know what you know is actually true, if I know that I'm the bottleneck, if I know that I'm that obstacle, and I know that I'm not going to be consistent in this area that's still super duper important, then once I face that, now... I have the consequence of having to apply it. So I could ignore it and we could keep everything the same, but that means the problem is the same, but I can't claim that I don't know why the problem is here. I know why it's here. It's it's me. Mm. And a lot of people would rather kind of hold on to that fear of letting go of, of even spending money. And it's in, you know, sometimes we consider it such a, a cost as a bad thing when you're really investing in yourself and it's, this is a, you know, systems and automation technology should be helping you save time. I'm about to save a lot of time because I don't have to think about so hardly about a subject that I don't really want to be an expert in anyway. Mm. You mentioned like the term bottleneck too. Do you, do you ever find that your clients, like you have some clients that don't realize that they, they are, yeah? Yes. Yes. Um, they are, they can be some of my favorite clients to work with because if I can get them to understand that their business's problems is their fault, usually then, and if they can admit it and accept it, then we can move very quickly into, um, finding a solution. But that, that mental, uh, uh, obstacle of understanding that you are the bottleneck can be difficult if, if, the client isn't really willing to listen to outside opinions. And, you know, these aren't just opinions I just kind of have. These are professional opinions based on my experience mm. and people I've worked with. Uh, it, is, it is a problem. Now, most clients who come to me tend to know that they're that problem. Um, but there are some people who don't really get it. And then I have to tell them and I have to prove it to them. And, and, and by prove it, I mean, I have to bring facts. I have to bring figures. I have to bring data. I have to bring screenshots. I got to bring videos. I have to point it out to them and I have to put it in front of their face in a visually pleasing way. So there's no confusion about what I'm saying. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. That is the case. So what, when you're, when you're starting with someone, Mm -hmm. like you do your audit and what, what, What's one of the first things that you find that you generally implement with people? So uh, generally speaking, I tend to start with their marketing because mm-hmm. most people will come to me when um, they want to scale past where they're at. They have some type of marketing effort going on, um, but they they assume it's just a marketing problem uh, or like a, a sales um, uh, efficiencies type of problem. So I tend to start there because that's where they think most of their problems are. Um, and what I do is 
when I look at their audits and I look at their assessments, a lot of times it's them manually processing things. So it's like manually responding to clients, manually uh, setting up their own calendars, mainly doing all the follow-up with sales calls that they've performed. Uh, mainly, again, it could be social media or it could be manually, manually they're creating their own landing pages, their own sales pages, their own email confirmations, all the kind of content type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, m- most people will keep that on, like they'll keep, especially with sales, they'll do all these follow-ups themselves when they don't really have to. Mm. Um, and, you know, they like the personal touch because honestly people do like, you know, having the personal touch, like receiving that personal touch. Yeah. Don't realize that you can still personalize while also being efficient and not manually processing all these things. Because if you have all these clients that you're, or, or leads and prospects that you're speaking to, you can't possibly keep up with everybody. Like there's people that you're going to miss. And so that, that'll usually be one of the first few places we'll implement some type of system, which is usually like software automation. Um, a lot of times clients don't have like their own CRM, a customer relationship management system. And they're literally writing notes out by hand or taking phone calls, you know, on their own personal cell phones. Um, they're, they don't really have a database where all their clientele and leads information is there they don't have it organized in a way that makes sense they're just sending mass gmail emails and bccing people um and they're kind of running around because they're obviously going to miss people when they're doing it like that that's usually one of the first places we'll clean up because it's usually the easiest mm-hmm. and it gets comfortable but it's not always like the only um uh, uh department in their business that needs attention but it's the one that they think is the most painful. So that's usually where I start at. Mm-hmm. It's interesting what you said about, um, you know, the personal touch. Because when I used to work in tech and automation, that was the biggest reason why people didn't want to set up email funnels and yep. why, you know, people didn't want to automate. It's like, you know, oh, no, I really like the personal touch and, like, how do you, how do you talk people around that? How do you help people? How do you change people's minds about that? <laughs> that is a, that's a great question. because <laughs> I deal with today. Um, but what I, what I try to show them is all entrepreneurs kind of follow somebody else, right? You know, um, they follow, they look at some of the marketing leaders or leaders in their own, you know, industry space. And I try to show them, I'm like, hey, you follow this person, you like this person, you talk to them, you know, not talk to them, but you you watch their content all the time. Um, none of their stuff is extremely personal. And what I mean by that is they're not always manually talking to you back, replying to you in the comments, replying to your emails replying to your support questions and you accept that, right? You still watch their content, you still buy their items, but you know you're not always getting the the most personal response, but you're still getting the response. You're still getting your needs met. And that is more important a lot of times than just trying to personally respond to absolutely everybody because you will miss people doing that. You're not gonna get to everybody. You're going to forget 
People are going to slip through the cracks. Automation and technology allow you to still make sure people's needs get met when they buy something from you. Mm. When they join your list, you do a disservice. That's what I try to, that's what I try to uh, um, bring about or, or, or explain to them. You do a disservice to your tribe, to your community by not making sure everybody's needs gets met as much as possible and leveraging technology to do that. When you mm. stay, stay stuck in that, I've got to be the person who does everything, you will do like half as well as technology can make up for it. Because sure, some people will get that email you know, response from you and they'll like it for like two seconds. But you know who's not going to be happy? The person who didn't give a response at all. Mm, that's so true. All. And you see, and I think when I put it in that perspective and I can show them like, hey, it's a disservice because I can tell you you're missing people. I know for a fact you are. And those people aren't happy because they'd rather have some response than no response at all. And the other thing is, especially when it comes to like automatic SMS messages and automatic emails and funnels, you have ways of being able to install personalization in there. Mm. Your personality doesn't become a robot. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, right? You can still have your personality, the way you speak, your language, your values, right? You can you can create specific videos that can be sent via email, that could be on your landing pages, that can be on your funnels, right? And still convey who you are without having to like, physically send everybody this thing does that make sense absolutely i it yes that was a very compelling answer <laughs> i have to say oh thank you <laughs> and I, I think i like the way you know what i got from what you were saying is that you've really just got to think bigger picture because we yes. do kind of tend to get a bit tunnel vision oh no it's like this person is you know they're getting a an autoresponder email and and you know it's not exactly what they want but you know it's like like it's so true what you said you know I've got the people that I follow that you know I I kind of I guess they're my mentors and I I strive to have a business like theirs and it's so true it's yep. you know if I'm in their Facebook group or something it's not gonna respond to me it's not them <laughs> it's one of their people or you know, it's an autoresponder or something. It's like we do expect that, but we kind of, we think it's a different set of rules for people that are doing well, you know, amazingly compared yeah. to us. But it's, I suppose that it's that kind of thinking that does keep us small. Absolutely. And it, it's really a scarcity thinking. Yes. You think you're going to so run people away when literally everybody is used to this from somebody else then then how are you going to run away yeah it, it, it's not like you're doing something super brand new from mars and, and you got to educate the people so you can't introduce it like no we're all used to automatic emails hmm. we're all used to confirmation emails when we buy something you know we're, we're if i didn't get that see again if i didn't get that email i'm gonna feel some type of way i'm like uh what's going on you know and Another thing I want to say is when you can leverage technology and you know how to leverage automation to help you save time, but also make sure everybody in your community gets their needs met to the best of your ability, it allows you to actually add more personalization in areas that 
more likely matter. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is there, there is no need for you to um, think that you have to have a level of personalization when somebody uh, purchases, maybe you, you sell like physical products. You know, if I order something and it's $50, $100, I mean, I've ordered $1,000 online. I'm sure we all have. Shout out to you, Amazon. Um, but we've all ordered something and we've gotten those email confirmations. Again, that's something we're pretty much used to and we expect. You don't have to add a lot of personalization there. Mm. But what you could do is, let's say you have somebody who tends to come back and they, they're they always buying a product or it could be a digital product or it could be a returning you know, consulting uh, client. What you could do is if you notice that, because you're tracking them in your CRM and your database, right? And you see they've ordered multiple times, then that could be appropriate for you to actually send that personal email to them just for the sake of doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But there's no pressure because they've got their base needs met because you're using technology to communicate to them about their services or the product that they bought. So that's what I mean by technology doesn't take over your personality. It doesn't uh, uh, make you become a robot. It only does that if you want it to be that. But Mm. if you still have your personality out there, you can do that. I've done that. I have clients who I've worked with for a very long period of time, and I'll send more personalized messages to them. It's not all the time, but because I know who they are and I track them and I know what's going on, when I check my database and I want to see, you know what, I want to send a personal message to these people because they've invested so much into me um, and into our services. And, you know, we have a great experience with them. We might send them a gift. I might send them a personalized uh, uh, video in an email. All those are up because I have the time to do that. And it, it's more impactful that way because in that at that point, they don't expect it. Mm. Something I was thinking when um, you were talking about the personalization as well is I guess to that it really does come back to niching and knowing your target market really well as well mm-hmm. because, you know, if you really know your people, then you can really talk about the things that are important to them. And so in that respect, you know, they're getting the information that is personal to them like that mm-hmm. is really relevant to them if you do your marketing right and your your target market research and all that sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, it, I suppose it's important too to remember that that is an important part of your automation and your business and your marketing as well. It's like that's another way of, of ensuring that it does have the personal touch. Absolutely. And when you can rely on other people or other things to kind of get the foundation set for you, then you can really focus on adding mm-hmm. more presentation due to your research. Um, but again, you have to give yourself that time to be able to do that. If you're just doing everything yourself, you're not likely doing that research. You don't have the time to do that. You don't yes. know how to add in more, you know, had in even a standard way of adding in personalization because that is a thing. <laughs> You can standardize how you personalize things, where you go, what information you put in there. And people notice that too. Um, So, you know, I just, I know we're talking a lot about this subject, but I really want to hone in. Like it's, it 
don't fear it because you think you're going to be a robot. No, you will be able to get your time back and you can be more personal with your audience in a way you never even really considered because you didn't give yourself the chance in the past. Yes. I love that. That's awesome. So I want to know a bit more about you and how you work in your business because you obviously, like, you know all this, obviously. You do it for your clients. So what, like, what does your day look like? You know, kind of tapping into the productivity side of things as well. What, how do you run your day? Like, what's a a day in your life look like? Yeah, so um, how my day starts, uh, you know, after I wake up, after I journal, I pray, I meditate. Um, and I get ready for the day. I always start a cup, the day with a cup of tea. Um, I always kind of like to come and be very calm when I start and everything. And the first things I do is I actually look at any messages from my team to see if they have any support requests, if they have any uh, uh, projects they need me to review and look at. Um, that's via Slack. So I'll give you guys an idea of some of the tools that I use. So mm-hmm. I use Slack to talk to my team. Um, we just started, uh, transitioning from Asana to Notion and really, yeah, yeah. People have got, I've been seeing people talk about Notion forever, forever. Um, and I finally checked it out and I'm like, let me get an idea of what, at least what it is so I can see if I can talk about it with people. Um, I fell in love with it. I really, really like it. (laughs) It's, it's super customizable, but it's still kind of like a regular to-do list give me a little bit more time on it. Maybe I can come back to talk a bit more about Notion, but I really like it. Um, and I can really make it look how I want it to look. So I've been playing around in there, uh, you know, kind of customizing some dashboards and then just kind of letting my team. Um, I, just... I would like to have that conversation with you because I'm I'm an Asana person. I yeah. love Asana, but my daughter uses Notion and it does look way prettier. And <laughs> she's always yeah. like, oh, look at this, look at that, look at the other. And I'm like, no, no, Asana. But Okay. I, I, I want to have that conversation. Oh yeah, we, we definitely can. Just give me like a, a month or so. Like we just got on it. I, uh, so it's funny because I used to start with Trello and mm-hmm. then I went to Asana because Asana looked prettier to me. Um, and that might sound really vain to y'all, but you do need to like, like what you're looking at mm-hmm. when you're working with tech and everything. And I just didn't like that with Trello. I don't know. Um, but Asana was so pretty and I could make it look a little bit different. I just really liked it, but Notion is pretty too. And and I could really change that in ways that you can't with Asana from what I can tell. Um, so give me a month and I, I can come back and I can give you guys my findings, but I'm, it's a I'm deal. Liking, yeah, I'm liking Notion so far. Awesome. <laughs> so, so I look at Notion, I look at my projects, um, and then I'm checking some of my emails, getting rid of a bunch of emails. And then I actually go into a lot of my client work. So it's partially checking on what tasks my current team has already taken care of. Um, A lot of it has to do with uh, transitioning technologies, maybe from one CRM to another, or building out a CRM uh, that we uh, build out for our clients. We actually do that for them. And on a high level, what I do a lot that I really love is creating clients uh, process maps or experience maps. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just going into a specific either department or a very specific service and A to Z mapping out how things get done. So that way I can assess it even deeper and give my clients a, uh, 
recommendations on what to fix, what to get rid of, um, what SOPs need to be created so that way you can hire somebody for this role. Um, so that's kind of a part of the assessments that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, because I could take a bulk of my day depending on what day I'm doing that. Uh, after that, it's sometimes meetings with my clients, letting them know about how their projects are, uh, meeting with my recurring clients. Uh, There's some clients that we are their virtual chief systems officers. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're constantly working with their operations department to build out systems to optimize what they have going on on a very recurring basis. Uh, that's usually my yearly contracts with my clients. And then after that, it's um, I try, I do my best, cross my fingers, I try to end the day around 5 or 6 p.m. So that way I can go work out with my trainer uh, so I can wind down, so I can go meet with friends, uh, maybe go out to dinner if that's what we have on the schedule. And then try to have as much of a wind down in the evening as much as possible. Awesome. So with, like you mentioned earlier that you've now like automated or not really outsourced, but, you know, you've automated by passing on to someone else your social media stuff. What yes. other bits like that in your business have you have you done? Have you sort of automated for yourself or passed off to someone else? Yeah. So uh, one of the things is our actual marketing. So uh, I actually have a virtual assistant right now who actually does a lot of retails for me for podcasts, for mm-hmm. YouTube channels. She does a lot of the research and then she lets me know about ones that she thinks would really fit, uh, which is actually how I met you. Um, and we looked at your podcast. She looks at, listened at it first and then I will look at it. And then if I say, okay, I'm interested in uh, you know talking more, can you reach out to this person or just book me on their platform if we're able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing that for a couple months. It's been very successful for me. Um, and I just have a virtual assistant who kind of does that work for me. So that way I can just look at podcasts that I think are interesting and we can apply and, you know, start that conversation. Mm. Another area is, uh, which is what, this is a tool I use all the time to automate, but I use Zapier a lot or Zapier, however you, however people want to say it. Yep. But, um, it, oh yeah, I, I love Zapier. I absolutely love it. And, you know, for anybody listening who doesn't know what it is, Zapier is basically the glue of the internet. And, you know, it helps bring together some software that don't usually talk to each other. And so you can pass data, you can create a bunch of things, you can create, you know, I could put something in Google Sheets and then I can create a new task in Asana and I can, uh, you know, assign it to somebody. I can add new dates. And I do that a lot. I mean, I think I have like, 200 separate zaps in my wow i've got 10 and i thought i was doing well (laughs) that's amazing a little bit overboard over here but (laughs) (laughs) i like i like to test different stuff you know i have that on my youtube channel different um different uh templates that i've created and that i share out and uh zapier's always adding new software so Mm. i try different things and you know i do some of the advanced stuff when you're using like webhooks um and i'm even trying to uh use their api thing which i don't get too technical with you guys but it's it's just the more complex things that only nerds would get into Mm. (laughs) but uh yeah like i love just making different things i think i have a like 
18 step uh, onboarding via my Zap via one like Zap in Zapier, and it's triggered off of a client filling out their onboarding form, and then there's like a bunch of things that happen after that. Wow. Um, yeah. Let my like for example, my team gets notified in Slack, and then a task is created in Asana. A Google Drive gets created. Client's contract will get created and then it'll get sent to the client. And then that goes, that gets connected to my CRM, which will remind the client of the contract. Um, automatic other messages are going out to like my, uh, either my project account managers. Um, so that way everybody knows what's going on. A, a huge task list is created. So my team knows, okay, we have this client, they bought this service. So now Here's the task associated with that service. You know, even due dates assigned to there because I'm I've become we become more efficient on when we get done with stuff. Mm -hmm. Um initial due dates and it's all online and it's my pride and joy. <laughs> I love looking at that thing. That that well, I was gonna ask you what your favorite platform for automation is, and I'm guessing it's Zapier. <laughs> oh yes. Oh uh, yeah. Nothing beats it. Um, now there are a few other like Zapier alternatives. One day I'll get to them and look at them, but I love Zapier. Um, and in the past, if you, if you ask me what my top three were, I would say Zapier, uh, my CRM that I built out in Slack. So what, what is your CRM? Yeah. So the CRM I use, it's, it's built off of something called Go High Level. Mm -hmm. um, and Go High Level is really big for agencies and people who work, uh, consulting agencies that work with multiple clients. And you can use it to create the most incredible things. I mean, like, it's, it's a really big all-in-one platform. So it has the CRM component, like the contact database, the sales pipeline, but it also has its own calendars. So you don't need Calendly. Mm -hmm. It also uh, provides email marketing. Like it has an email builder and an SMS uh, marketing component. So you don't need like MailChimp um, and you don't need, you know, whatever text marketing tool that, that people use. Um, it also has funnels. So you can build out landing pages. You can build out oh, whole wow. website. Yeah. I mean, you got, you, you should look at it, honestly. Um, it's great for clientele work. Yeah, um, I'm like, I'm listening to you going, oh, and it's got this in it. And I'm like, oh, wow, I wouldn't need that. And then I wouldn't need that. And then I wouldn't, okay. Yeah, it, it, and that, I mean, that's not even it. They just added a bunch of more stuff. Um, it has the ability to hold courses. So Whoa. If you use, yeah, if you use Kajabi, Thinkific, uh, Teachable, you can actually host your own courses um, in there. And you can take payments in this. You know, like anything else, it connects to Stripe and PayPal. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think there's more probably there that I'm not even mentioning because I'm just trying to think about the things that we use. It's it's a great tool and it's a tool that I use for almost all my clients, especially if they want a CRM built out or they want somebody to manage their CRM for you. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if you're listening to this, you have a digital agency, you have a consulting firm, um, and you want a solution that can really work for a lot of your clients all in one, I would suggest looking at it. Go high level. Mm. No, I would definitely be checking that one out. 
I've never heard of it. I thought I'd heard of everything, but I've never heard of that one. So I've definitely learned something today. Yes. I I can't tell you how much I love that platform. <laughs> it's it's just and it saves so much money. I I mean it's that alone. You just have to, you know, it can be a little bit of a learning curve, but if you're a tech inclined, you can help your own clients with it too. So Katira, do you have any like major final thoughts or key takeaways that I mean, you've already shared an awful lot, but is there anything else that you'd really like our listeners to take away from this conversation? Oh, absolutely. I think the biggest thing I want people to understand when it comes to systems and tech and even automation is that they're not scary, don't have to be a rocket science about it, and also that you do need systems even if you're just starting your business. They're mm. not, are not just for big companies who are making millions of dollars a month. Um, you should start thinking about them in the beginning of your business, even if you don't immediately implement absolutely everything. You know, I'm, I'm not asking for my new entrepreneurs um, to just go out and buy, you know, the first CRM that you, that you look up. I'm not saying that you should just go out and get anything, but you need to start thinking with the system's mind. And when I say thinking with the system's mind, I'm talking about being more efficient and thinking who, not how. And this is something I personally struggle with sometimes. And what I mean by that is you want to think about who can perform this job what does that person need to perform this job? So that way you don't have to do that job. Because most of us don't go into business to do and wear all the hats. We usually go into business because there's a specific activity that we like to do, right? If you like helping your clients, if you like creating this, this doodad, if you like working with your customers, that's great. But you probably don't like all the intricacies of the marketing or the sales or the operations or the, even the finances, right? So you want to be thinking with the system's mind and that's thinking about how can this be done the easiest way without you having to do it. That's, that's, that's really it. And mm. the sooner you can adopt that and you can adopt the habits um, that you would get from listening to, 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 to us, to listening to these podcasts and listening to other people who have found you know the shortcut of getting there then you can also get there faster um this is something i wish i knew it's something i wish i adopted a lot sooner uh but it's important either way whether you're you know 10 years in or one year in you have to be thinking with the systems so you can get to where you want to go because you know we're in business to make money and to have freedom and Mm. a big part of that freedom is lifestyle freedom which is having the time and also the finances to live the lifestyle that you want. Um, and so that's important, but you got to get there. It's all starts in the mind. And then it comes with technology, automation and hiring for your team. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us where can our listeners find you? You mentioned you've got a YouTube channel and I know you're on Instagram. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So you all can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or even YouTube at Kadira S. Muhammad. Um, and 
you know, we also have a guide that we've come out and released to the public. It actually has a lot of the technology that I mentioned on this podcast that I personally use and also technology that my clients use as well. And you can actually find that at sixfiguretechguide.com. Awesome. And I'll, um, I'll include all that in the show, mo- show notes. So if people want to learn more about you, and I highly recommend they do, I was just having a bit of a flick through your Instagram this morning before we jumped on. And it's like, you've, you've got some really good stuff. I was adding notes to my notes and it's like, no, this just stop it. We don't have time for a two hour podcast. Let- <laughs> Keep the focus <laughs> narrow. <laughs> I know we can get lost in a lot of these subjects. <laughs> oh, we could. Oh. I there are so many things that I could have dug down deeper with you, and it's like, no, that's that's I enjoy that, but I don't know that our listeners will like me to to get that geeky on them. <laughs> Maybe one day, but thank you. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> that's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I've had a really good time. I hope you've enjoyed yourself too. And oh yes. Yeah, I highly recommend that our listeners check you out and, you know, follow you and just like you really do have so much insight and value to provide Um, and also like the changes in mindset, the things that we've talked about, you know, the really thinking about systems and automation to give you the time that you can then spend on being personal for your clients, you know, instead of going, no, I can't do it because it's not personal. It's like, you know, that really stuck with me, the whole, you know, but doing that stuff, you can personalize it. There's little things you can do to personalize it, but also that then gives you a much greater scope and ability to be there for your, for your clients and to be more personal. So I think that was probably my biggest takeaway and I used to do this stuff and that that still really stuck out for me it's that change in mindset on you know give yourself the time to be able to do what's important for you and what's important for your clients but yeah thank you for coming along and being on the episode this morning and um, I look forward to hearing about how you go with Notion Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to giving you my results. I'm looking forward to just finding out myself. <laughs> <laughs> so much for allowing me to be on here. It was a pleasure. I had a great time. Awesome. Thanks, Kadira. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, Take care and drink responsibly.